Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamide. Joining me today as part of our series on agility and DevOps is friend of the pod, Teresa Kramer, Director of Agile Operations at SAP Concur, and new friend of the pod, Jesse Marchand, Senior Director of DevOps Enablement at SAP Concur. Hello, friends. Hello. Hello. In this iteration, we're talking about gaps between agility and DevOps. And before we had this conversation, before we started recording this, we had the conversation about whether or not we were talking about gaps in organizations or gaps between the two. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna let the two of you figure it out how you wanna talk about it. So Teresa, what would you like to start with? Would you like to start with the gaps within an organization or gaps between agile and DevOps? I think I wanna start with gaps in organizations. Okay. For 500, please, Brent. <laughs> the answer is, so talk, talk to me about the gaps in organizations between Agile and DevOps. It's multifaceted, um, but I would say, generally speaking, across all the organizations that I've ever worked in, the biggest gap that I see is um, organizations wanting to uh, put in place a bunch of agile practices, Scrum in particular, without um, really understanding the values and principles that drive those things and the amount of work that goes into um, really being able to build software uh, that is flow-based, where we are increasing that flow. Um, and that shows itself in many, many ways. <laughs> Okay. Jesse, thoughts? Uh, I would, would echo that. And uh, there's a funny presentation by um, John Smart, who was, uh, used to be the head of the ways of working um, at Barclays Bank. And, and he has a presentation called, uh, the PMO is dead, long live the PMO, where, where it's sort of funny because they show the, the you know, team focusing, uh, like think of a sequential timeline, team focusing on getting agile, getting like super fast there, um, and then declaring, you know, yay, we're agile um, because they've implemented Scrum, but then you start laying on, oh, there's the release aspect. Oh, uh, on the left-hand side of the, of the agile development in the Scrum, there's the planning aspect, and then there's the budgeting aspect. And then there's the marketing, you know, go to market sites. And when you add all those up together, you know, great, the new feature is launched in two weeks and it takes us 18 months to market, sell, and, you know, from prioritization, planning, budgeting, all the way to release, right? So, um, yay, we're freaking agile, right? Um, but, you know, that I, I, I see a similar thing, which is uh, perhaps a myopic focus sometimes on, on uh, certain aspects uh, without thinking about the whole value delivery. Yeah. Well, and I, I go sorry, go ahead, Teresa. I was just going to say that the focus often is how do we make the teams faster when really there, there's a lot of opportunity on both sides of the team. Yep. Well, and I would say to Jesse's point, because I always like to talk about how agility can go beyond software is that having agility within all of those other teams, be it marketing, be it sales, be it customer support, all of those things would actually help cut down on that feedback loop, Yep. right? Help customers actually 
get product faster and better and more to what they're looking for, or at least find out. Yep. So if that's part of the hole, how do you gap that hole? That is the question, right? <laughs> Are mean, you going to take that one for a thousand since Teresa took <laughs> it for 500? Uh, that might be a, the million dollar question, <laughs> not just the thousand dollar one, right? Uh, but but let's be frank, right? Let's there's a lot of it has to do with organizational structure and design, and and I know we briefly talked on on team topologies, um, but as we know from from you know lean and and whatnot the more uh handovers create the opportunity for more um you know waste uh, so trying to align those uh well while still fitting all the needs of the functional specialties across you know sort of that horizontal value delivery is is going to be a challenge and that is there's no secret sauce for for doing it there's lots of tools and, and techniques whether that's value stream mapping you know it's part of this systems thinking you know, um whether it's you know having the right culture and, and mindset in place to enable it whether it's having the right structure and and procedures and practices um you know moving off of annual budgeting cycles to something a lot quicker uh that can help enable those things but it's um there's no silver bullet, so to speak. Teresa, where will you find a silver bullet? Since there are no silver bullets, how do you how do you create one? Um, I think part of it is just awareness and continuing the conversation. I would build on what Jesse said in that I think it's also starting to get people thinking about the way we think about uh, learning what the right thing is that we should be building. Um, back to an earlier comment of, you know, assuming that we know what that is. Um, just thinking about how we discover the right product is something that's not built into the DNA of most people that are in a product management strategic type of role. They tend to go back to traditional um, methodologies for, um, how to define what is the right thing to build. So if that's what I've always known, why would I do it any differently? Is that what I'm hearing? There's a lot of that, yeah. Yeah. So as somebody who was a PM at one time and has done plenty of project management, yeah, no, seriously, I don't like, I don't like it where, you know, what, you can change my direction just like that? No, 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 no. I like it to where it's always this set way of doing things. So if, if we're trying to pivot even PMOs to go and pivot in this direction, how do we have that conversation with them in a way that makes sense for them also and enables them to see this customer to IT conversation that we've had over the past couple of iterations? That's a good question. Um, I, think, <laughs> I am so glad I'm asking them today. Well, I, I think part of it is, you know, helping draw the parallels between um, the way that we work uh, in an agile or DevOps fashion and the structures that they've had in place, right? If this is all I've ever known, then this must be the right way to go about doing this. I've been successful in my career this way. Why would I make that shift? Right. It's helping to 
I think there's a misconception in a lot of PMOs and a lot of organizations that Agile promotes, you know, um, cowboy software development and there are no timelines and there's no predictability and we can't um, keep to a schedule, right? I think it's just starting to help them understand um, these are different words and there are different ways to go about doing it. Um, without, you know, the iron triangle that um, is often in place when you're setting up a, a project from a PMO perspective. So this is where I would say, were Patrick here, he would say, yeah, and you can listen to us talking about Agile myths in previous episodes. <laughs> so Jesse, you were going to say. I, I, would, I would add a, add a few things. I mean, I think if it truly is a a very waterfall-based PMO, which uh, honestly I find, you know, and I've seen some of the, the, the latest industry data that says, you know, 90 plus percent of large corporations are have adopted Agile, right? Um, and, and things that, you know, it's, it's Agile is much more mainstream than it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And, and um, while project managers and PMOs still exist, I think the expectation and even with the latest updates, you know, from PMI and uh, PMI's acquisition of uh, what, what are the, the uh, disciplined agile mm -hmm. uh, acquisition, right? Um, there is a realization that, that, you know, it's not uh, a pure waterfall focused and I don't think you're gonna find very many PMOs that haven't been exposed to some form of agile. So, if that's the case, or, or assuming we're in that type of situation, it, it comes back to the alignment on, in my opinion, on value, risk, and, um, you know, mental models about the problems we're trying to solve. And so, for example, um, if we're, if we're going to translate something from the, P, the PMP, PMBOK world of like earned value, right, you can say, Earned value, like from a concept perspective, was never actually earning any value in a project. But let's talk about earning value and making that a real live thing if we're able to deploy a feature and sell that feature uh, versus this quasi notion of, yeah, we've earned it because we've completed some work on time uh, in, the, in the project world. So, you know, let's, so that's like an easy leap to make. And, and you know, for a project manager that is, you know, a PMP, they're like, oh yeah, I'd rather have real value than, you know, quasi earned value. But then, you know, going, you know, translating, you know, even even beyond that, right? I think they can still be stuck in, in a bit of ways back to some of the discussions on like budgeting and, and portfolio management where, you know, agile um, moving out of that team level has not really pervasively uh, been thought about at the, you know, financial, level and, and how, how, you know, we should be testing themes and outcomes uh, and, and how are testing our hypotheses at a big level, not just at a, at a team level um, versus just assuming we know what's the right thing to do, setting up a program and doing it. So do you think that a lot of this ties back to the notion of agiles only for software? Do you think that if we got more ahead of it, saying, look, all of the things that we talk about in Agile, all of the things that we talk about in DevOps, they can translate to you 
in a non-software environment. Yes. <laughs> You're going with the shorter version because we have 15 minutes. Sure. I appreciate that. Short answer is yes. <laughs> but, but I think that the, the interesting thing about that, that concept, right? Like these concepts can apply to you too. The way that you see that working in a lot of organizations is uh, now your finance team is a scrum team and they have sticky notes on a whiteboard or they're managing their tickets in Jira. But the fundamental connection oh, of how that actually works in, from a business agility perspective hasn't changed. Right. Right. Like the Ooh. HR team is now agile. Okay, well, cool. How do we incent people? We incent people. We don't incent teams, right? right, like right. That conversation is the conversation that needs to happen in order for this to really scale and really um, help with the outcomes we're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And those are legacies to your point of the way we've always done things, right? Right. Right. So, Again, the short answer is yes, yes, it needs to be applied, but not the way that people are gravitating toward it. And this is a perfect place for us to end. I think that's a topic we need to have in a future iteration is how do we expand agile thinking across an organization? So that's the end of this iteration. I'm Brent. I'm Teresa. And Jesse. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider. Shoot us an email at info at faster than standup.com or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.